G'day, g'day. Hello. How are you going? I'm going well, thanks, mate. How are you going? I'm going good. And most importantly, how are you going, listener? Or Stallion is what we call you on this show. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. My name's Cam. My name is Tim, and thanks again for joining us. What we're going to do here is tell each other and tell you some news articles that have caught our eye and that we enjoy. Normally it's not the headlines of the world. Normally it's things that are about a man getting his genitals <laughs> stuck in something. If, if right before you mentioned the genitals thing, if you stopped it there, we would have sounded like a, a, a proper news outlet. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good intro. I was like, yeah. We're killing it. <laughs> this news does matter. And then, the, and then you remember the genitals story. Go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's what this show is. <laughs> The Cam's right, we, uh, we we tackle the obscure news of the world, stories that we find interesting and um, stories that a lot of you seem to find interesting as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we're putting the blame on you too. You're the one listening to this, you freak. <laughs> you weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a mirror around you, look in it. Yeah. A good hard look. Yeah, why don't you switch to Colbert or one of those actual political <laughs> commentators? <laughs> How's your week been, brother? Good man. I saw the new Halloween movie last night. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. So that's the one. So we 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 spoke. So we it's a horror movie, Timmy. <laughs> it's a classic horror movie. Yep. So we spoke about this on the on the podcast, and I thought that the main actress Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis is a real name. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was actually the chick from. Uh, some, some sitcom. I forget. I, I forget. Was it? I forget what's. My name is Earl, and it was. It was. I thought it was. The, which is Jamie Lee Presley. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't her. Definitely wasn't her. <laughs> um, but it was great. Like, so I, I knew that I would enjoy it. Kind of whatever happened in it, but it really felt like it was made in the eighties. Like it's yeah. set in this modern day, but all of the fonts. You know how Stranger Things. They do it in a really uh, yeah. nostalgic way. The, mm-hmm. the soundtrack and the fonts and everything about yeah. it, you know that they love the 80s. John Carpenter, the guy that made the original, was heavily involved in making this one. He did the soundtrack for this one again. And it was so cool. Like, it wasn't outlandish. There was a point in the Halloween series where Rob Zombie took over and uh, he made it, like, real gritty and real, like even more violent. Took over as director. Yeah, yep. he did one of them, like, about 10 years ago. But this one, it just went back to the kind of, like, silly like funny violence in a way, but just fun 80s horror. And it was so enjoyable for that. So I had a great time. Where'd you go see it at? I went and saw it at Southside at um, Jam Factory, which is on Chapel Street. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that too. <clears throat> like I love all that Stranger Things. And it seems to be like a massive fashion at the moment. Mm. Is that all the all those 80s styles coming back through back through horror. And it's, it's a bit sick. of a trend. Mm. But I like it as well. I think it's, I think it's really dope. Yeah, yeah man. What did you get up to last night? Uh, yesterday we went to Beer Fest. 
Oh. Which was it was fun, man. It was a good day. We had a fairly early night last night. A, a, a belly full of a belly full of beer in the afternoon comes eight o'clock, and I'm ready for bed. Hey, it's like <laughs> it's the old man coming out of me now. But um, yeah, man, had a good time just walking around this festival. There was music playing and stuff, and just drinking heaps of different uh, craft beers from around from around Australia. Do you so, feel like Do you feel like you're a little more switched on? Do you feel a little snobbier about beers now that you've been to that? <laughs> to be honest, man, because I was so I was with. Um, my, my my girlfriend and and uh, her brother and a bunch of a bunch of their friends mm. and they know heaps of things about beer yeah and so for for me like I was I just drank pale ales the whole time which is like the basic it's like the basic of beers mm. and they would they they go out there and drink like all the different sort of because craft beer is weird man like all the but you drink you drink some craft beers and it doesn't it doesn't taste like beer. In my opinion, it tastes mm. like it tastes like just so you'll have like a a raspberry beer. For me, it just tastes like some form of raspberry alcohol. Yeah, yeah, okay. it does. But people love it, man. People like and and there's all sorts of different strange strange beers like chocolate beer and, yeah. and coffee beer and all all weird shit. But it was good. So your crew yesterday when they were when they would be like, mm, oh yeah, that's got um, it's got notes of sawdust <laughs> and notes of um, cologne and that, and they'd look to you for your input. What would you do? I'd be like, oh, I've drank a bit. Of, I should. Go, I'm, I need a pee. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go have a pee. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Taking a slash every four minutes. That guy pees a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but don't worry. He does know a lot about beer. <laughs> but I've also started uh, for the first time in my life this mm-hmm. uh, in the last in the last two weeks, I've signed up to a gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. So Here I've never, never, ever, never, ever signed up to a gym before. And so I've signed up to a gym. Yeah. I've done... Uh, well, last week I, I worked out there four four days in a row. Good work, man. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Well, we went uh, yesterday morning before beer fest. Got up early and went to the gym with uh, with a couple of mates. Yeah, and um, they were show us they were having a good time because I'd never done. I don't like all those. Uh, I'd say eighty percent of the gym instruments. Would you call them the gym uh, equipment? Equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you alcoholic musician. <laughs> Oh, so there's gym instruments. I'm, I'm sticking with instruments. And um, I don't know how to use them. I don't know how to use all the equipment or anything mm. like that. So they were having a good time in in, in, in teaching me how yeah. to how to use the weights and all sorts of I it was good. It was good. They got a pool there. I like swimming. So we so we went we went and did some laps afterwards. So yeah. Who was tri- like teaching you? Um so my, my, my cousin my cousin Jake and um and yeah. our friend Frisky. Yeah, yeah, nice. So so they they were showing me a thing or two and it was yeah, it was good. I, I, I enjoy it. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back there and get in shape. The, there is a reason behind it. We um myself and two other guys uh, here in Melbourne have joined a um t- together formed a triathlon team. Mm. And we're competing against three of our mates from Brisbane and there's gonna be some cash money thrown down for a, for a, for a big for a big prize. Yeah, wow. So, and it's you guys are just organizing your own yeah. triathlon. <laughs> yeah, how I triathlon. You've gone next level, man. Yeah, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, about 2 years ago, Timmy organized uh, a foot race <laughs> in the park and it was it, I didn't get to go. I was away for that weekend, but you really put mm. a big effort into that thing. There was a proper finish line. There were like videos in the lead up that were high production quality. Yeah. Care did an amazing job, our yeah. friend Care, of like creating this hype. And the event like went off 
to hear Heaps that your people showed up, man. Yeah, it was, man. It was crazy to watch to watch two to, to watch two borderline alcoholic guys race each other down a hundred meters at the park in the middle of the park. Yeah, and a whole bunch of people. There was drones. There was all sorts of shit. Yeah, yeah. There were strangers that were fully invested in it. So I yep. know already that this triathlon is going to be probably as big as a Nutrigrain sponsored one. I'll, I'll definitely put some. I'll definitely. Uh, uh, put some uh, put some entertainment value behind it. Maybe yeah. in the lead up, we can get get some of the participants participants on here for a little interview as well. For sure, man. I'm so excited to hear Timmy is organizing. <laughs> if you take one thing away from this, Timmy is organizing a triathlon. Well, well, it's in a way it is obscure sports, right? Is this about as obscure sport as you could could get? Just uh, uh, your mates organizing sports and competing against each other. So we're all about the obscure sports here. <laughs> Charging Stallion podcast. <laughs> Should we jump into the first story of the week, Cam? Yes, let's do it. The headline reads, <laughs> Woman in the UAE arrested for killing, butchering and feeding boyfriend to workers. Whoa. Yeah, dude. Cop this, this, this first paragraph is so intense. So prosecutors in the United Arab Emirates are, are accusing a Moroccan woman of killing her boyfriend, then butchering and cooking his body and serving his remains to Pakistani workers in a traditional rice and meat dish known as matchbos. <laughs> so we got so we're in the United Emirates. Emirates. We've got a Moroccan woman, mm-hmm. and we've got Pakistani workers. So mm. this is a, a, a truly international affair. It is. <laughs> but how is that? How you would pronounce that? It's matchbos. Ma- uh, maybe it's Muckbus. Muckbus. Yeah. 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 I, I like. I like. I like the the way that sounds coming out of the mouth too. That's good. 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 Good mouth feel that word. Muckbus. <laughs> Muckbus. Uh, the national newspaper in Abu Dhabi says um, the prosecutors say the woman was arrested on suspicion of killing her boyfriend of seven years after he told her of his plans to marry another from their country. So, um, that was bold anyway, real bold. So, um, I, I'm not sure what, um, what religion or what background, uh, this man's from, but I do know that in that, um, in that area, um, there are people who do have, um, more than one wife. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if, 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 if it was, if it was the case of where, you know, everyone else around him was supporting the idea of him getting a new wife and she was the only one to say to say no because she hasn't... Was she already married to him or was she just yep. a girlfriend? Okay, so she was a current yep. wife. Yep, current wife. Yeah. And, and he then, was like, hey, look, just letting you know. <laughs> risky, bro. <laughs> See, that's why this is risky. This is, this is, this is pure proof of why going to your current wife and saying you're going you're gonna to make it... What, what is... Uh, um, monogamy? Is that when it's... Is polygamy. Polygamy. Monogamy is when it's just one, like two people, right? Yep. And polygamy is when it's more than one person. When you share. Yeah. So if you want to have a polygamous relationship, uh, just beware. <laughs> just be real weary. Test the water before you go in with the news. Like don't yeah. don't make the first conversation that you have with your current wife. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, I just want to introduce you to. <laughs> start off with, oh yeah, I know that it's part of our religion, but like, how would you how would you feel? Yeah. Like maybe check on that Louis Thoreau documentary of it and just gauge what she thinks about the docker. Glance over at her, <laughs> see how she is. <laughs> So the unknown, uh, the unnamed woman initially denied the accusations before confessing and telling police that a friend helped her disperse the remains. Oh, don't bring your mate into it. <laughs> uh, the newspaper on Tuesday reported that the man was killed three months ago 
but the crime only came to light in recent days after the man's brother went looking for him and found a human tooth inside the woman's blender. Yeah, dude, heavy. So, also, also, three months to go looking for your brother. <laughs> Is that how long she got away with it? <laughs> That's how long she got away with it, man, three months. I would like to think, uh, and, and my brother does listen to this podcast, so Ben, if you are listening to this episode, if I go missing three days maybe, three three weeks max, three yeah. months, you're a bastard. <laughs> You're a full game. You were waiting three months to go looking for your brother when he's gone missing. Before doing anything. Yeah, three months. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole season. <laughs> Maybe he was a jerk. <laughs> Maybe he was a jerk. It sounds like he might be a bit of a jerk. People around the globe have decided to not ejaculate for an entire month. It's called No Nut November. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're not allowed to have sex or masturbate for 30 days. Those are the rules. Uh, you're not allowed to have sex with uh, even your partner, so you have to kind of get them in on board with it. And now this article is kind of written in a real, like, uh, teenage boy tone of voice, so this isn't me speaking from this point on. Why should I not have an orgasm for the whole month of November, you might ask? Well, No Nut November was apparently invented last year by a Twitter user called Bill Ratchet, and he gives some pretty lofty reasons why. It's a challenge for strong-willed men with a mission to conquer their demons that this cruel world has challenged us with. A challenge for bold, courageous men who refuse to let their inner temptations ruin their road to glory. I'm really glad that I gave a little disclaimer. This is <laughs> Again, that was not me saying what No Nut November is. That was Bill Ratchet. So, yeah, there's this group of mostly dudes, from what I can tell, reading the article, and there's a, a Facebook event as well for Melbourne No Nut November members. What's your thoughts on it, Timmy? Is the, is, is the Facebook event um, at the end of No Nut November? And if so, what would that celebration look like? <laughs> Brilliant question with some really graphic yeah. imagery, mm-hmm. but it's actually No Nut November Losers Day for people that weren't able to do it and they just meet up and say, oh, I did orgasm in November. Oh, really? So, yeah. So what I was going to do with this. So, so, I, so you go there to admit your shame? Yeah. Okay. On the 1st of December, you turn up and you go, oh, hey, I didn't manage to complete No Nut November. So I was really intrigued by this. I was like, I want to speak to the organisers of No Nut November. <laughs> So I started like looking around. I was like, oh, okay, who are these people? Opened up a whole bunch of tabs on my on my Chrome and like figured out, okay, who can I talk to? Who are these Melbourne-based people? After a little bit of investigation, I realized these are high school kids oh. and I do not want to be sending private messages like, no. so you're not orgasming <laughs> for a month, eh, bud? <laughs> so there, there is no interview here. I didn't speak yeah. to anyone because as soon as I realized these people who have organized this event are still in school i realized it's a really good time to back up my whole plan of interviewing these yeah. people you you could have had some pedo vibes jump into 100 percent. even <laughs> mentioning it now i'm like i, I wish i never got so is involved. it is it um I, I guess the biggest question i got about it now is that if if, if it is run by um teenagers yep. but but it's not just teenagers doing it yeah, it's not just teenagers yeah. doing it. So uh, there's people, it is like, it's a global thing that I can tell, that I can kind of tell is mostly dudes <laughs> who are like challenging themselves to yeah. not, it's mostly wank as well. 
Like as much as they try to caveat and say, oh, look, it's about orgasming yeah. generally. It, it's mostly, I think it's mostly about orgasming. And I think that it's mostly when you like scratch at the surface, it's more to do with porn addiction than it is really right. about orgasming. Because yeah. orgasming in itself is not bad. So if you're part of no, not remember, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's the it's the journey that to get to that orgasm is the thing that there sometimes should be guilt associated with it. If you're going about it in a way on the internet that has things that make you feel guilty, that part is probably the part you should quit forever, not a month. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this comes. This just reminds me of when we were when we were much younger. Uh, the movie Forty Days and Forty Nights. Do you, do you remember that movie? Oh, is, that's not about this, is it? Yeah, so 40, 40 Days and 40 Nights is about um, this, the, the, the main character in it, he, um, he, he uh, goes off, um, yeah, same thing, he does an orgasm for, for a month and then within that month he meets this girl um, who becomes the, it's a love story, and he meets oh, this. Okay. He meets this girl who he falls in love with, and and yeah, it's it's it, it was a super popular movie. I'd say uh, early early two thousands somewhere yeah, somewhere right. around there. Yeah, and um, and that's that's exactly ex- exactly what it what, what, what it's the premise all about. is. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree with this kind of um, jizz fast? <laughs> Um, I, look, I, I think, she's fast, bro, that's too much. I think that, um, I think that if you, if you can look, if you, if you want to not jizz for a month to, to work out mm. certain things in yourself, I say, I say, go for it. I would say, mm. don't be one of those people that just jumps onto things because everyone else is doing it. Mm. If, if you, if you want to do this because you think that it's going to test yourself or it's going to bring good things out in you. Then, 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 sure enough, it's your body. I mean, it's 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 your it's it's your penis or vagina. Whether you whether you jerk it off or or finger bash yourself, it's 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 up to you. So, but I would say, don't just jump into things um, just because everyone else is doing it. That would be my advice on that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, your brain can keep working for hours after you die. Um, according to new research, the reality is much, much, um, reality is much, much more terrifying. The study has suggested that when our hearts stop, mm. our brain will keep functioning for some time after, essentially leaving us trapped in our own bodies. Dr. Sam Pania from the Stony Brook University of Medicine is looking into consciousness after death by examining cardiac arrest cases in Europe and the US. He says there is an anecdotal evidence that cardiac arrest survivors could hear what was happening around them while they were dead, before they were brought back to life. Even more terrifying than that, there is evidence to suggest that some people have even heard themselves being pronounced dead by doctors before being brought back. Um, So, yeah, man, I I just find this super, super interesting. So I guess... I don't know if that means that, you know, when everybody dies, you have that time where you're, I, or, or if it just means that it's just for cardiac arrest patients, so heart attacks and those kind of things, where your heart, your heart is, has stopped, but your brain is still in fairly good nick mm. and can can actually um, still operate for for hours after after your body is gone and, and people see you as dead. Yeah. But your brain inside is still going for 
for for amount of time. And where yeah, that's I just find that I find that crazy. I like it. I um I like my favorite one of my favorite feelings in the world is when you press snooze on your alarm and then you kind of lucid dream for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It feels like borrowed time. It mm-hmm. feels like I'm so relaxed and yep. I get to enjoy this and I I'm not so deep in my sleep that it feels like one second. I get to like almost know every second that passes. And I feel like that moment, if if I get to experience, will be the final snooze on the alarm. And I'll yep. really enjoy it. Like talk about whatever you want, doctors. I'm okay with it as long as I just am not feeling any pain and I just get to cruise for that last couple of hours. I'm sweet. I think maybe if we had any real diehard listeners to the podcast, maybe they can suggest uh, put 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 in put in uh, their their wants for for their death. What do you call it? Your um your will. Yeah. That when you die for the four for the four hours after you die, just have the charging stallion podcast playing around you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Put that in your will. <laughs> have a little Bluetooth speaker. Set up next to your head when you're on the operating table and the doctors give up, they sign the paperwork and then you hear that Bluetooth noise that's in almost every episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's me and Timmy (laughs) having a laugh, (laughs) sending you into the afterlife. (laughs) Should we do some kind of competition? The winner, we go and do it live. Yeah. (laughs) The next live podcast. (laughs) On, uh, and now we'd like to ask Bill's family and friends to come and jump on the podcast. <laughs> Dark. Oh, yes. um, so yeah, so um, it's uh, it's it's this it's um, a study on uh, brain function, and they're coming up with all these um, all these new results. And so we'll definitely keep a keep an eye on on on, on that process and. And um, on that study, because it, it they're definitely coming out with really interesting results for sure. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Soccer player gets a statue made of him that barely looks like him. <laughs> Muhammad Salah is many things to many people. He's the man who fired his home nation of Egypt to their first World Cup berth in 28 years. The Liverpool winger who tore up the Premier League record book. And he's arguably the highest profile Muslim athlete on the world stage. As of a few days ago, Muhammad Salah became the subject of a statue, a statue which might just rival the infamous bust of Cristiano Ronaldo as one of the most puzzling artworks commemorating a world-class footballing talent. Egypt Independent reports that local sculptor Mai Abdul Allah presented the likeness at the World Youth Forum in Sham Akshak after being inspired by the 26-year-old's impact on Egypt's young guns. The statue features Salah looking skywards with his arms extended, which is a regular sight for fans of the pharaohs and reds alike. But that's where the traditional likeness ends, though, as the sculpture takes a fairly liberal license on the footballer's appearance. <coughs> now, Timmy, I'm going to show you these. Yes, please so do. So side by side, this is the statue of the football player mm-hmm. and this is the actual football I player. I love these because I've seen I've, I've seen the Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo one before and, and if this is in the same little... Oh my god, that's so good! It's I don't know why it's so funny. It's it's something to do with the 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 hairline to forehead region the most, mm. and and what is is it the scale? Why is his head so much bigger than his arms? They've like made him a caricature. Yeah, like a bobblehead almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to me, the statue version looks like who's that like? 
80s fitness instructor who's really like charismatic uh who went missing for a while he's got like an afro he's a white guy wears leotards <laughs> i can definitely see that in this guy though yeah i can't remember that dude's name but um it, to me the statue looks more like that guy than the real football <laughs> player <laughs> i um did it did it say in the story what the crowd's reaction was when they <laughs> revealed it because you know when people reveal things and um and a lot of the time people just go just go oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, okay. Like, even though they know it's ridiculous, just because yeah. I think most of the times when you're at events like that, people are generally polite. It doesn't mention how the crowd reacted, but I would assume it's what you're saying. Yeah. People were just like, yep, yep, nailed it. <laughs> I um, I, I don't know, because I like the, I like the caricature, is that his that caricature? Caricature. Caricature. Um. Yeah, I really like that style. But is, is that if you had to choose um, an an artistic style mm. for for yourself to be remembered as? If I was an athlete, that wouldn't be the style. It would not be the style that I would choose. I'd be like, okay, if, if anything, make mm. the chest and biceps bigger yeah. than the head, not yeah. the other way around. I don't want a massive dome celebrating my achievements in yeah. sport or something like um like that that classic like gothic style. Like a like a almost like a godly sort of sort of style to it, you know, where you see the statue and you go, "Whoa!" You know, oh, a, go- yeah. a godly st- sort of presence. Yeah, not that. <laughs> <laughs> has a guy ever? Has anyone interviewed the um, the football player about it? It's his reaction. But I guess you can't. If you were going to come out and and criticize it too heavily, you'd probably come off looking like a, a little bit of a wanker. Yeah, I don't think you could no. say what a mess. No. You just have to run with it. Well, you've got a statue. Yeah. And as much as I'm just love, I'm scrolling past a bunch of, like on Twitter, people have put it side by side what they think it actually looks like. And they've put it next to one of those trolls, like those naked <laughs> trolls with colourful hair. And it does. <laughs> uh, no, there's no mention of his reaction to it. But internally, he must be like, come on. But it's made. It looks. It's made of whatever statues are made of, like concrete. Bronze so, is is that what? Oh is yeah, that, it does is that look what statues like statues made of bronze or. This one does look like bronze. It looks like it's metal, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look metal. So it's not like a video edit where you can go back to the person who did it and be like, "Hey man, a couple of tweaks, couple of changes." <laughs> you just have to be like, "Whoo!" He spent like a, a day in yep. front of a fire with a mask on to get this caricature of Probably me. way longer than that, bro. Probably ages. Yeah. Like, you probably, he probably spent ages making that statue. I wonder if if the artist was happy with it. Because you mm. can definitely make things like, I know, just just us speaking as 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 artists ourselves. Just so if we were, sometimes you, you'll, you'll put a lot of effort in, you might write a song and then you'll go, oh, well, that didn't come out how we wanted it to come out. Mm. But then you can just go write another one. You can't yeah. do that with the statue thing because they probably they've probably given him a limit of the amount of money he's allowed to use. I'm sure bronze isn't that cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, he's gone through the whole bronze budget. <laughs> Why everyone is talking about this cafe breakfast? Tourists are flocking to this cafe to try its infamous breakfast but there's something unusual about the egg a california cafe is going viral on social media thanks to its massive fried breakfast which is headlined by an outrageously enormous egg an ostrich egg so uh this this breakfast is massive and it's got a massive egg in there that is equivalent to 16 chicken eggs 
is what an ostrich egg is. I reckon I could eat that. I reckon I could eat that too. Have you, well, because I, I like, I wanted to bring this on because have you got um, experience with eating large portions of food? Yes. Yeah. Every well, week. What, what would you say? What, have you got, if you do look back, because I definitely have a standout in if I look back on 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 my own eating career, yeah, <laughs> that I definitely have a standout time where I reckon is probably my most proud moment mm. of of eating food, yeah. which is um, my friend uh, Dean and I, who I used to live with. We went out to dinner one night in Port Melbourne, mm. and uh, this is back when I was still eating meat, and I had a I had a T bone steak. It was a four hundred and fifty gram T bone. All, all the all the trimmings on the side, mashed potato, veggies, gravy. Yeah, man. You know, a, a proper sized meal. Yeah. Anyway, I finished the meal and uh, and I and I go, damn, that was so good. And and Dean Dean had barely even finished his palmer, and uh, I think he had a bit left on his plate. And I go, man, that meal was so good. I could eat. I could eat that meal again. And Dean goes, you couldn't. You couldn't just eat that meal again. And I go, I could eat that meal again. And I go to the waitress. I, I bring the waitress over. And I goes, I go, excuse me. Um, can I please get this meal again? And then she goes, she looks at me and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. And go, I really enjoyed this meal. Can I have it again, please? <laughs> and then she goes, okay. And all the kitchen staff come out, like all the chefs and stuff come out. And, and she's like, that's the guy. That's the guy over there. Yeah. And, they're, and they're all, they all come out and they, and they bring over the, they bring over the, uh, um, the 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 second meal, yeah. And I and I and I finished it all, and I've got this great photo of me with uh, two 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 plates in front of me with the t two t bone, uh, you know, the the bone that goes yeah. through the t bone steak, just sitting on each each plate in front of me. I reckon that's probably my proudest eating moment. I reckon. Shake my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you for that, man. Thanks, bro. I reckon like it's cool that you're a vegetarian now because you basically did the Muhammad Ali of meat eating. <laughs> You like got to the top and then you retired. Just retired. There was, no, there was no need for you to keep eating meat after that. Thanks, bro. You, you proved yourself yeah, and, really, it, and it was time to retire. So I good really work. I like that. That's a really nice way to look at my meat eating career actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say was, was, was some of the highlights of your eating eating career? Well, Will Potter, our friend, organised a wheat bix eating competition mm-hmm. where a bunch of us had to eat as many wheat bix and we were allowed to use milk or water or rum, as our friend Blue <laughs> chose. How did, how did the rub go? Uh, he was nailed. Like he just he was already hammered and he was he got more hammered and he was vomiting wheat bix liquid all over the ground. So uh, rum's not the option if you're trying to do this competition. Um, but I think I ate, it was like, between 38 and 40 wheat bicks in an hour and I was so bloated and I felt really unwell. It's super impressive because what was the world record at the time? I think the world record was 35. Dude, crazy. Crazy. Dude, to get cuz cuz I've tried I've tried my hand at trying to nail a couple of eating world records. Got in got in close once with uh, you 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 and I were together mm. and I tried to um Ate the most dumplings in a minute, which was only something about what, like twelve or thirteen yeah, it's or something, something like twelve. And I actually tried. I tried to <laughs> trick. I rigged it so that you would accidentally get through it. I can't yeah. remember what, how I tricked you. I can't you. remember either. But I think. Oh, I, think- I I undercounted what you had done. I knew that you were up to like five, and I was like. <laughs> Two, three. <laughs> it's funny that you can trick me that I'm not able to count my own dumplings. <laughs> yeah. I just had to count loud enough. 
<laughs> and you were like, yeah, that's it. That's the number. <laughs> but you would think that it's um because it doesn't sound like it's a huge number. I, I, I'm confident that should should I do that again, I'd be able to. Yeah, I'll bro, and I it. back you on it too because you had eaten dinner right before a you tried. Meal. A full entire meal. I was full. Yeah. I was as full <laughs> as I could possibly be. Yeah, bro. And then all these dumplings rock up. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, we ordered them in secret as well. Yeah. That's right. And then the, the dumplings rock up and I go, oh, all right. Yeah. I jumped on board. But, yeah, I don't know. Is there certain um, – talking back, back to the story with mm. the ostrich egg. Yeah. Is there certain – it kind of freaks me out a little bit, the amount of yolk that's in there. Oh, yeah. Because when that, especially that photo, and, it's, and I would also, that person got it sunny side up. I would not be getting it sunny side up. I would be like, cook that fucking thing. You're so right, man. Yeah, I would yeah. not be getting it looking like that. For people just just listening, it's real runny and, and, and sort of taking up 40% of the... <laughs> 40 to 50% of this huge plate. It's about three mugs worth of yellow liquid. Yeah. It's too much. It freaks me out a little bit, to be honest. Mm. Like, um, do you know in, in it, uh, they do it in uh, Thailand and Vietnam and a few other places where it's a delicacy with the egg and it's actually um, the um, the chick is actually developed inside? I've heard of it. I haven't yeah. tasted it. I've never tasted it either, but I've seen I've, I've, in Asia, I've seen people eating it and it freaks me out. Mm. And, but I guess like, I don't know, it's, it's because it's got a little beak and everything as well. Like that, that's the bit that the face, like the face thing freaks me out. Mm. It's, it's eating, people eating like the body parts of animals doesn't freak me out. Mm. The face, yeah, people man. eating a face freaks me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, an interesting fact actually. Um, chimpanzees, uh, so they, they don't, they don't eat meat. The only time they eat meat is when they eat the face of other chimpanzees that they're going to war against. Oh, that's them really putting their foot down. Well, they, 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 well, yeah, well, I guess that they look at the face as like maybe their soul or who they are. And then that, I guess that's their ultimate thing in battle yeah. is eating the face of, of, of the other animal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally dude. destroying everything they were. <laughs> it's crazy. But you can see how we're related to them, hey. Mm. Like that's just, it's just chimpanzees. It's aren't. real snarky. It's like, <laughs> I hope your brother and your dad see what I'm doing to you, general. <laughs> Chinese inventor is becoming famous for his useless inventions. His fans call him the useless Edison, but inventor Geng Shui doesn't mind. In fact, he kind of likes it. People say my inventions are useless, but I think there are two dimensions to usefulness, practicality and amusement, said the 30-year-old former welder who left his job last year to focus full-time on making his questionable contraptions, (laughs) such as a motorbike with its own toilet. (laughs) (laughs) I like doing it, so it's useful, he said. There's the meat cleaver that turns into a hair comb. There's a tent. <laughs> a meat cleaver. So while you're halfway yep. through hacking up meat, you can then go press a button and then start combing <laughs> your hair with it. <laughs> There's a tennis racket sized watermelon slicer. Yep. There's an earthquake proof noodle bowl that swings on its stand to allow the eater to continue slurping while there are seismic waves going on. 
and that's a pretty cool party trick, actually. If you if you bring out if you if there's an earthquake going, hang on, let me grab my yeah. noodle bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and you just continue munching. <laughs> and there are slippers made from metal nuts. But Geng is the most proud of his hammer bag, which is a hollow steel mallet with compartments on it that slide out of the head of the hammer. Perfect, he said, for storing your phone, your keys and your wallet. It has a strap on it so you can hang the hammer over the wearer's shoulder. He said, it's very fashionable with apparent seriousness modeling his creation. And if someone tries to steal your bag, then you can just throw it at them. That's quite good and true too. So when you use the hammer bag, mm. like just say you were to use it as a hammer, mm-hmm. do you leave, can you leave your, your stuff in there? It's not advised <laughs> to leave your phone inside yeah. the hammer bag. But do, I think it's funner to leave it in. Yeah. Do you reckon that it has that inside the hammer bag mm. is, because so, so, the, so you, your, your stuff goes in, in the head of the hammer. Yeah. So yeah. there's like a little flap that opens the front of the hammer. Right, and then you pop, pop your stuff in there. Yeah. I guess if you had foam, a foam. Yeah, like if that, it was padded. Yeah, if there was padding inside the thing, you could probably still use it. Yeah. And it would probably give more weight to the hammer if you had stuff in there so as well. So it's worth keeping your stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, is this, so this guy's become quite famous online. And are people actually purchasing his stuff? Um, he's not actually selling it. He's just no. like making it for fun. So he's yeah. like pretty much a vlogger, like an yeah. influencer, and he's just decided... I can get away with, he was a welder before this. And mm-hmm. he was like, I have more fun making these like silly tongue in cheek things. And so he just made this identity online and yeah. he just makes this stuff for fun. Like, right. And yeah. so he's, and so when, when they said that he's going full time, mm. it's going full time and he's making, um, making the money from it as being a, a, a an online figure. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah pretty, you know what? That's pretty awesome. It's cool, eh? I really like that. So you know, he, he's, he's just as much an, ent- he's more an entertainer yes. than he is an inventor. Yep. Yeah. Good on him, man. Yeah, I, man. I support that. All right. That brings us to our send in stories of the week. Uh, this uh, first story uh, that we have sent in is from Stallion Hayden. Welcome, Stallion Hayden. So thank you for sending this one in, mate. The The headline, Cam, is darts players accuse each other of farting during match. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no. This has been, uh, this is quite good. So um, a professional darts competition turned foul as two rivals colorfully, colorfully accused each other of letting rip in an attempt to put off their opponent. Um, so, uh, do you ever watch the darts or, or, or follow the darts? I don't watch it closely, yeah. but one of my friends MCs all of the major darts competitions oh, cool. in New Zealand, and he said that it's some it's some of the coolest sports culture. Like yeah. everyone's like real, like happy mm-hmm. and chilled out, and heaps of fun. Like yeah. the darts community is way more relaxed than any of the other yeah. sports communities. Yeah. yeah. So for people that have that have never um, watched darts before, it's um it's on a big stage and there's rows of um uh, of sort of beer hall style tables, mm. and um so it's in a huge hall and they get massive crowds going there. They get they get hun- they get hundreds of people going there to watch two people play darts. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um. So two time world champion Anderson Blue, um, so he uh. Oh no, it's Anderson blew away harms 10 to 2. <laughs> Very well done there, reporter. Um, to book a quarterfinal spot at the Grand Slam. Um, now, 
after uh, it, it wasn't until after the match when the two players were getting interviewed that the fart that supposedly smelled like rotten eggs or that someone had shat themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was brought up in the interview with both players accusing each other. Um, and the the funniest is one of the players says, if the boy thinks I've farted, he's a thousand and ten percent wrong. The not boy. Just, yeah. <laughs> not not just a hundred and ten percent wrong, he's a thousand and ten percent wrong. <laughs> he must be wrong. And the next slide is the best. I swear on my children's lives that it was not my fault. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Massive. Fault. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Exactly. That's, yeah. that's where I jumped on and said, well, it's not your fault, but you're not swearing on your children's lives that you didn't do it. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I reckon, I reckon that it was a hundred percent the, the older of the, the older of the two, uh, Anderson, I reckon, uh, it was definitely you, bro. Mm. And it, it kind of is your fault if you can. Hold of that, yeah, but um, uh, and oh, and then he came out and said, I had a bad stomach once on stage before and admitted it, so I'm not going to lie about farting on stage because I've admitted it before. <laughs> that's that's you know what, I then I sort of come back around and go, Well, if that's true, if you have come out and admitted it, why would you lie again? Uh, that's not a strong enough reason for no. me. Yeah, that's like someone saying, oh, I once admitted to cheating on my partner. Yeah. So, like, I haven't cheated because mm. I haven't admitted it this time. I think that's a, there's a lot of holes in that theory. Mm. Like, just because you've admitted something once doesn't mean you have committed to never True. lying again. What we really needed was somebody at the end of the match do an undie sniff. Definitely. Because there would have been some remnants of the smell still within the undies that could have been captured. Yeah, there needs to be that probably at every match. Just somebody with an objective nose <laughs> to make the call. How do you feel about that being used as a tactic though? Do you think that it should be an illegal move or that if, if, if that's if that's something that you do when when you're playing darts and that's then that's part of the game. If you so just right now you're Cam the adjudicator. You are uh, you you work for the, the world darts competition mm. and this 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 gets brought to you, what would your verdict be? I'd penalize the person who had broken wind. Yep. I wouldn't say it um, completely removes them from the match no. or from the league that they're in, yeah. but they would need to be penalised, say, a couple of points. Yeah. So if, especially if it was a close game, if mm-hmm. it was like 40 and 38, then I'd say, hey, look, we are, we're going to run a lie detector test <laughs> and we're going to get that guy who um, does the sniff test. <laughs> and once we've had results from both of those, whoever it turns out has broken wind, they'll be um, deducted two points. You know what? I think that's fair, and I think you should maybe audio catch that, send that through to the darts competition because you might have a new job, Cam. I'd love to be <laughs> involved in that community. Like, if there's any sport, there's probably two types of sport I'd get involved in. One is esports gaming. I'd yep. love to be somehow involved in like commentating that or darts. It yep. sounds like both would be very entertaining. <laughs> All right, so we got one more um, send in. This is from uh, Stallion Sean. Uh, Mr. Kirkwood, who's a very good friend of the show. Welcome back, Stelly and Sean. Um, And this is a lovely story that that Sean uh, sent in. Uh, Sick elderly elephants benefit from calm classical music. Um, So uh, it's... um, You've got a man, uh, here we go, somewhere deep in the jungle, 57-year-old Paul Barton has dragged his piano into a clearing on the banks of the River Choir to play music for old 
injured and disabled elephants. Good man. Um, it's really awesome, dude. So there's there's video of it, and the um, the elephants actually come. Uh, the elephants actually come out uh, out of the out of the bush and come up real close to him, and they uh, they ha- they hang out and they all listen to the classical music together, and um, it relaxes all of them. And I'm just showing Cam a video now of an elephant coming about three or four meters away from the from the piano and just chilling That's out surreal. and listening. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. If you were going to be um, a piano player, and to to all of the um, creatures of the world that you can play to, playing to some some cool chilled out old elephants would be the ultimate, I reckon. Yeah, man. So, uh, awesome job um, to, to 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 that man Paul Barton for 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 going out and doing that because mm. it's just it's just such a such an awesome thing, man. I got a big soft spot for for elephants Mm. i think that they're awesome amazing creatures and um and thank you for sending that story in sean because that that was great all right that brings us to the point in the show where we cover a good news story so we wash away all of the fart test darts (laughs) stories and we leave you with something nice prison inmates are caring for retired greyhounds In early 2018, Greyhound Racing New Zealand joined the Department of Corrections to develop a Greyhound rehoming program. It's been announced that it's now permanent, which is wonderful news. The Great Mates Prison Program supports men in prison to become dog handlers, trainers and foster carers to rescued greyhounds. A prisoner in the unit said that working with greyhounds has taught him to trust again. He says working with the greyhounds has taught him communication skills. Another said it has taught him to ask people for help. It's a beautiful connection joining greyhounds that may have struggled with a lack of attachment, love and support, and at worst abuse, with incarcerated men who may have experienced the same. That's really nice, man. That's really lovely because it it, it definitely is a huge um, issue uh, in in greyhound racing. And I I mean, if anyone sort of followed, uh, followed that, over, over the years with the mass graves that they found and, and, and it's super sad. And I think if mm. you can, I think that's the, that's, that's the one thing with, um, with, with prison and sort of the way that I look at prison is that it, it should be a place, um, to rehabilitate people, not, not to punish people in, in, in my opinion. And, um, I think that if you're, um, getting prisoners to, to hang out with with animals and show love and show care, I think that's a really good thing for for when you bring them back into society. Mm. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing that, that that you're giving them the opportunity to focus on those characteristics inside themselves of loving and caring, compassion, rather than 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 the than than the other feelings that that you know we all have inside of us the the, the darker ones. But obviously, people in prison might have a little bit more of for sure. Yeah. And I think the usual atmosphere of prison is going to amplify those darker yeah those darker feelings so having anything to come in and um and reduce and neutralize those and encourage the opposite is positive definitely man i really like that dude that's a really good story all right have we got anything we want to promote before we say goodbye to our lovely stallion who's stuck with us right to the end (laughs) we do man i just um so at the moment um if you're listening to this um 
uh, our good friends Dumb Punts uh, travelling and uh, playing shows over in, in Europe with our friend Skeg. So if you do have any friends over there, um, over in Europe, or if you're listening from over there, just tell your mates and um, you can find them on, on, on their Facebook page, their schedule. Uh, they'll be over there for the next couple of weeks and uh, they're a fantastic band. Um, we are doing a show um, coming up on the 2nd of December. Uh, with uh, two great bands, um, mm. our, our good good friends, uh, Drunk Mums, and a great and a great band from New York called Dirty Fences. We're playing at Cherry Bar on Sunday the second, and uh, we're really looking forward to that show. It's going to be huge. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. So so please please come along. Um, that that may very well be um, our last show of the year as well. Mm. We we don't know yet, but but it looks like it it looks like it might be. Mm. So if you want to catch us again before before everyone breaks up for the for the Christmas season and 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 goes home and does their does their thing, just uh, just come along and and uh, have a good time. We'd love to see you there. We've still got a few episodes to put out of our web series Sunday Stories, so please, if you enjoy them, share them, like them, and comment them. That's that helps other people see them. And uh, thanks again for listening to Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. My name's Tim. And my name's Cam. Thank you very much.